Hello everyone, welcome to Pizzapotage Mr. Watson. I am your host, Christian Watson, also known as Mr. Watson, to my detractors and my friends. And it is a sunny, hot Wednesday afternoon where I am in my region of the world. Unfortunately, however, the world is grappling. The world of the nation is grappling with the specter of the COVID-19 virus, also known as the coronavirus, and that is absolutely shifting the political, psychological, philosophical, and social dynamics of our time. And so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about how the president has been reacting to all of this. We're going to talk about some of the sort of initiatives that local officials have done to address this virus. Then we're also going to be talking about a few other things as it relates to uh, foreign affairs and as, as it relates to the sort of broader philosophical issues surrounding panic and public health crises because we have to understand something people whenever these things happen one thing is coming into the rearview mirror it's something that sits in the back of a lot of our minds but it's always there it is a constant in life it is a constant in the universe and it is a constant throughout every point in time there have been poems written about this particular concept there have been there have been bands but metal bands are named after this particular concept there have been nations that have fell because of this particular concept there have been marriages that have dissolved because of this particular concept there have been all sorts of things that have happened that have been festooned into mediocrity or, or festooned into destruction because of this concept and this concept is death that's right Death. Whenever anyone who has a good sense of mind comes into contact with their with the possibility of their death, they lose their good sense and they go and they go into pure instinct mode. Their instincts arrest their faculties and take over as a domineering sort of thought navigation system within their minds. And that sort of guides the rest of their action from that point on until they are assured that the specter of death that has visited them in the rearview mirror is now way behind them in the rearview mirror at least or has is has a, appears to be gone. That is the underlying conceptual principle that defines and explains the reaction we're seeing to COVID-19. So we're seeing grocery stores, the grocery industry like Walmart. Walmart is selling out of things like toilet paper. Why toilet paper? Out of everything you could need during an epidemic, a virus epidemic. Why toilet paper? It beats me. I've got no clue. Apparently some toilet paper, uh, actually I'm not going to try to, I'm not even going to try to hypothesize because I really don't know. I quite frankly do not know. Human beings are some of the most mysterious creatures on this planet. See, with cats and dogs and dolphins and whales, at least we understand those things have a definite cycle. Those things revolve like a, like a wheel revolves around its axis. It barely, if they, they very rarely change since that their actions very rarely change. But human beings are thankfully very dynamic creatures. We are very, we are, we are, we are very, uh, we, we are very growing creatures. We are very diverse creatures. We are very complex creatures. <coughs> so, so our motivations cannot be reduced down to a singular action or a singular cause. Oftentimes, they are a the sum of a variety of causes that can be traced back to perhaps one or two primary causes, but cannot be solely reduced to those things. Whereas we understand a lot of the animals in the animal kingdom primarily simply want survival. While human beings have kind of, we have, we have, we have, usurped the necessity for survival with technology and with and with the sort of advances we love for ourselves and have went into leisure 
although survival is still in our very primitive nature something that human beings want. So leisure is actually kind of a way for us to preserve our, 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 our existence in this world. So it's a form of survival, but a much more hands-off form of survival. But at least with animals, you know what's going on. You human beings don't know what's going on. If an animal thought it was going to die, the animal would probably, depending on the animal, it would probably run or fly away, go find some place to hide, and calculate the steps of its predator. With human beings, we think we're going to die or get sick. Some of us want to go to Walmart and buy all the toilet paper for some odd reason. So yes, toilet paper is going out. Uh, NAS, uh, not NASCAR, NASCAR is actually still doing stuff. NASA and SpaceX today just announced that their, their employees will be working from home. You know, people who are supposed to be challenging, like, supposed, to be, uh, supposed to be conquering the challenges on this earth, now retreating into the earth, ironically, and still trying to con- conquer the challenges beyond the earth. It's funny. When they're supposed to be our help off this, off this, off this ball, off, off this ball spinning in space, and yet now they are forced, simply by nature, to retreat back into this ball filling, spinning, spinning in space. The president has today, and this is what I will want to talk about in a moment, he has um, declared, well, he has declared that he will be using the, uh, a, a, a military bill that has been used to, uh, in war times to preserve resources or to produce resources. And so he's going to be forcing businesses that provide medical supplies like ventilators, respirators, so on and so forth, to produce those resources in this time, this period of time, uh, and uh, then uh, give them out to people for I don't know what it cost. So the president, what he wants to do, he wants to command a producer, a power producer, to outsource services to him and then have them on, on his behest produce more for him or allegedly for the, for the public good, but it's really for, the, for him. Um, there is no public good. <laughs> what there is, what there is, is political benefit. And the president is quite obviously being very political tactful about this. So he wants them to produce them for him. So he can say, oh, we are handling this crisis 100%, no problem. There's a problem with this. Number one, there is a scientific problem with this entire thing. The president is literally doing what communists and socialists and authoritarian governments have tried to do for eons and have failed doing. And I don't even like using consequentialist points of view, because I think consequentialism is, is really confined to circumstances, whereas principles should be as broad as possible so they, so they can be applicable in all sorts of, all sorts of um, examples. Because, for example, if you say, okay, the consequences of this action in this circumstance is this, it doesn't account for the other circumstances in which that action may be different or may be, may be less bad or may not be bad at all. Whereas the principles remain constant and universal. So the principle of trying to see someone else's ability to produce and then use that ability to produce for your means, that principle is called theft. That's what that's, that's what that's called. And socialistic and communist governments have tried to use that principle throughout the eons to operate. And you know what happens? Shortages happen. Shortages happen because guess what? The government, and any economic student will know this. This is, this is a scientific issue. The government does not have the incentive to produce. The government doesn't have any incentive to do anything except maintain its hold on force. And so when you seize a business's ability to produce, when they have incentives to actually do something for profit and for the benefit of their customers, which may, which may manifest in many different ways, but ultimately goes back to the profit motive, you are thereby destroying the mechanism by which they use to A, measure their stock, B, decide which products to produce, C, decide how to effectively distribute distribute those products. You're basically destroying their ability to be efficient and to stay afloat when you seize their production. 
So the president has basically taken a authoritarian step towards fixing a public health crisis through the seizure of production, which will lead to an even bigger crisis down the line. But Mitch McConnell is saying that this is needed. This is necessary. We need to provide these resources. I think I agree. Resources like this are definitely needed and necessary. People need respirators. People need ventilators. People need all this stuff to assist their breathing and to conquer the spec and conquer the the sort of uh, the sort of phantoms, uh, phantoms of disease that are that are rising up out of the earth and attacking humans right now. Of course, I absolutely agree. Mitch is right. But what he's wrong about is a certain Uncle Sam. The government needs to do that because for the reason I just, I just said, the government is an inefficient handler of other people's resources. And since and since the only resource the government owns or doesn't own, possesses, is other people's resources, the government is overall efficient in the dispensation and the production of anything to do it economically. This is a historical empirical fact. This is a principal fact. It's true both in the philosophical realm and the, and the material realm. It's just something that is self-evident. However, so many folks don't want to take the realization that this is the truth. So many folks want to rely on something outside of themselves to fix something they're dealing with. COVID-19, my people, COVID-19 is something that affects you individually. Does it have sort of galactic or seismic or broader effects? Absolutely. But it begins and ends with the individual and individual self-care, individual self-quarantine, it does not, COVID-19 does not affect a mass of a group. COVID-19 might affect, might, might, might infect, I suppose, two people of a group. But if the rest of the people in those group don't get infected, the public, the majority good, doesn't really matter. What matters is the, the individual good. And in this time, the individual good is under assault. It's under assault from two enemies, my friends. It's under assault from both the government... And then it's also under assault from, 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 from our lack of, lack of recognition. So let's break those down. The government is, is, is assaulting the individual good by, again, asserting that, that it needs to know, seize the means of production of a particular item. Also, by asserting uh, mandated quarantines and mandated curfews for people so they, so they don't supposedly get infected. Those are two problems we can handle. We can handle those problems because those problems do not come from, from us. They come from people that think they know better than us. But on the individual level, we have to see what enables it. People, especially the media, are quite literally begging the government for a solution. Understandably, people are losing their jobs. In fact, I, I, lost, in fact, I lost my job. Well, I, didn't, I, I got laid off for a little bit because, you know, the, the, the government, the state is mandating that the, my, my, my restaurant, my employer shut down the restaurant. Uh, and so I'm out of a job for a little bit. But people are begging for a solution. And when you outsource your ability to handle your own life to someone else, they can do whatever they want. Or in the government's case, whatever they want in the realms of, uh, in, the, in the confines of law. And so they're doing just that. They're doing just that. Which is peculiar, because guess what? A lot of Americans are doing very, very well in self-quarantining themselves 
and taking responsibility for their own health. You know why? Self-interest. Self-interest is is one of the it's one of the key aspects of the foundational bedrock of a natural freedom that builds up our individual character and builds up our ability to operate in this world. Most people recognize self-interest, and if it's someone and if it's in someone's self-interest to take care of their own health, absolutely. But it's in very little of our self-interest beyond the bureaucrats, beyond the people who actually uh, want this kind of things to happen, beyond the even even the private entities lobbying for the government to do these things. It's in very little of our self-interest to allow the government to mandate that we do that we do certain things in this period of crisis that we otherwise wouldn't do. That we otherwise don't have the need to do, or that we don't have the need to do at all. The idea that instating a curfew is going to stop people from getting, from getting the coronavirus is ridiculous on its face. Because number one, the coronavirus is not no time. It is not no curfew. It just knows the host bodies that it tries to infect, that it tries to root itself in. So theoretically, you could be within the confines of a state-constructed curfew and still get the coronavirus. That's number one. Uh, number two, the coronavirus does not know distance. It doesn't. It spreads everywhere. It spreads everywhere its host goes, which is why so many airlines are having to, are having to cut, cut back, having to slash prices, because the coronavirus is something, this sort of ubiquitous thing that really doesn't know borders. So they're trying to put a border on the coronavirus. By shutting down people who do know borders, unfortunately, most unfortunately, I wish we didn't know borders, I wish borders weren't a thing, but who do not know borders, most, most unfortunately, is to exercise in fantasy. You're trying to beat the nature of certain things by not even addressing their nature. You're trying to hit a target by hitting the tree that it's posted on. It's insanity. And so we have to also understand the sort of language that's being used to address this coronavirus thing. The language used by the president. The president said when he, when he announced he was going to seize the means of production for uh, producers of medical supplies, he said that the coronavirus is, we are in a time of war, because this is a wartime bill that he's in, he, he, is, he is instituting. We are in a time of war. I'm the commander, and the coronavirus is the enemy. What a facile way of thinking about an unknown, an unseen pathogen. An unknown, virtually unknown. We're we're getting to the point of really knowing it. We're getting to the point of developing vaccines, but it's still virtually unknown. There's a lot of things we don't know yet. What a facile, dim-witted way of doing that. This is the problem with the strongman philosophy. The idea that through force and, and manipulation in overwhelming bravado, you can conquer everything. That's not how things work. Alexander the Great knew that when he at 27 just died after his empire, after his empire had spread across the known world. He just died. Genghis Khan got to know that as well. Mussolini got to know that as well. Pol Pot got to know that as well. Castro got to know that as well. Chavez gets to know that as well. Maduro is getting to know that as well. Every strongman that ever graced the earth eventually recognizes. If they don't recognize, they eventually are presented with the fact that bravado only goes so far. Bravado has a hard cap on it. 
before truth and justice set in like a flood. And in America, a country that is founded off of the basis of truth and justice, a country whose very ground, whose very, whose very documents, whose very concepts are pertain to the individual excellence of every person when they are free, when they are, as John Locke said, given their God-given rights of life, liberty, and property, as Jefferson said in the preamble, um, in a, a life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, when we have these things which are already embedded in upon us and we act them out in the world, we flourish. In a country like that, for the president to dare sit up in the White House and say, oh, yes, this is a war, I am the commander, it is the enemy, is to exercise the greatest abomination anyone who has the privilege of preserving the principles, the sacred principles of freedom, has ever committed. One of the greatest. You could say that Barack Obama, with his derision of civil liberties, probably committed some more of the greatest as well. You could say that, I don't know, Woodrow Wilson, which with his penchant for uh, monetary manipulation and the Federal Reserve, probably did it as well. You could say that Andrew Jackson, with his absolute hatred of the American Indians, uh, probably did it as well. You could, like, you could, there's a bunch of people without American history who have done absolutely terrible things. And the president is perpetuating that drill virus, that real infection of strongman populism. Strongman bravado, strongman gutso, that is leading to the absolute decline of what truly it means to be an American, what truly it means to be a human being, to be, to be free, to be living. Also, if you want to just like a periodical thing, um, you, can't, you can't wage traditional warfare against a virus. Because of virus, that's that, that's not that's not how. So traditional warfare is waged between governments. A virus is not a government. So to take a bill that was meant to be used in a time of war against another government, against a human entity, not a spectral entity like the coronavirus, but a human entity, and to then say we're going to process in the same exact way as we do a human entity, is to a miss the entire concept of the very bill that you're using, B, set yourself up for failure because you're not even fighting the right battle with the right person, and C, simply show that your arrogance is on display here as opposed to your uh, prudence. That's all he's doing. You cannot... It it just... you cannot fight an inhuman thing by human by 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 purely human means. You, and this is part of the reason why I I have an, a big emphasis on spirituality in my in my talks. And spirituality does not does not have to mean you believe in some sort of god or a deity, although that's, I personally do. But spirituality can simply mean that you recognize that there is a hidden world somewhere. In the in, in in the sort of uh, the realm of the forms, as Plato would say, and you can tap into that world and root the concepts of that world into this world and spread their power around. Let me give you an example. Love is nothing but a concept until it is rooted into reality and officiated 
by touching the hand of the, that, of the person you care about recording, by kissing, by uttering those three solemn words, I love you, by thinking about all of the things about that person you care about. Love, but before love, before all that comes in, love is just a concept. It's, as many of my friends would say, impractical. The philosophy is impractical. It's impractical. That's what, that's, what, that's what love is at the start. But when you manifest that, it's one of the most powerful things humanity has ever seen. It's caused civilizations to fall and rise, literally. It has caused concepts and ideas to be shifted and shaken and inquired about and, and interrogated. Love is one of the most powerful examples of our ability to manifest spirituality in the world. The coronavirus has a different spiritual focus. The coronavirus has a spiritual focus of despair and of fear. The coronavirus thinks, well, it doesn't think, it's not a human. I should stop personalizing it. But the coronavirus primarily thrives off of people panicking. Because if you panic, guess what happens? Say that they say you need to be socially socially distant. Okay, you panic, you go to the store. You're in, you're in a crowd of people. You're not socially distant. Masses of, when, when the masses panic, they gather for a moment and they disperse. And in that moment of gathering, the coronavirus can set in immediately. Oh, but I'm at home. Doesn't matter. It only takes a few things, a, mo- a few moments, a few a few a few moments of contact for the coronavirus to set in. A few things, my brothers. That doesn't mean you should be scared. You should avoid mass places. But it's, it's ironic that the panic generated by this media coverage and by the president's initiatives has only served to increase the level of cases we have in America. We have over well, we have well over a thousand cases right now. There are over two hundred thousand cases in the world. America has over a thousand. There are new cases popping up every day, despite the quarantines, despite the mandates, despite everything. They're popping up. So a prudent individual, a rational individual, someone who understands their, their own human brilliance, their own human genius, would convert the situation through the factory of brilliance that is in their minds and would put in the output a realization that perhaps the government response to this is either A, wholly inefficient, B, wholly unnecessary, or C, all of the above. Which would then compel them to look at the entity that lies outside the government, the self. The coronavirus, my friends, lies with the self. The coronavirus response lies with the self. This does not mean you shouldn't wash your hands. This does not mean you shouldn't, you shouldn't quarantine yourself if you've actually suspected you have symptoms. All this means is that you have to stop outsourcing your duties to people or to things, to concepts, to institutions, to bodies that are not yours. Because these are, these are battles for you to fight, my friends. It's okay to have help. Not only having help, but having help in someone taking away the, re- the thing you need help for in the first place and dealing with it themselves. Having help and laziness to different things. They are two fundamentally different things. So the president thinks he's going to fight this virus with human wartime tactics. Good luck with that, Mr. President. <laughs> what you're going to do, you're going to cause a shortage, number one. 
which will which which will hurt the people who are actually trying to get these respirators, trying to get these these masks to protect themselves, which will lead to more people dying or getting infected by the disease. I mean, you're not you're not gonna. It's I don't understand. I don't. I don't. This is basic economics. And people like Mnuchin and and, and Kudlow, who Kudlow, who are in the president's White House, who are his economic people, his treasury people, they should know this. They're good with money. They should know this. These are some axiomatic principles that cannot, that can simply not be disregarded. They must be taken seriously. And so uh, another story I saw about this coronavirus thing was there is a there is a, 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 a man in Nashville, Tennessee, who, has, who runs a bar called Kid Rock's Bar. Now, this is, not, this is actually not ran by Kid Rock. This is not ran by Kid Rock. It's just that's the name of the bar. Although, I assure you, Kid Rock is probably hyped about what, 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 what I was about to tell you. It's called Kid Rock's Bar, and he has refused to follow a city mandate to shut down. And I say, thank you, sir. Thank you. You are doing a few things by doing that. Number one. You are doing what I said earlier in this podcast. You are taking the spiritual concept of freedom and resistance, rooting it in the physical world, and then allowing that that message and the effect of that concept to pour out from your body, pour out from your example like a flood, and encourage everyone else to stand in the same faith you had. If you really think, first of all, if you really consider that government managers are going to protect us all in the situation, I would encourage you to listen to what I said a few moments before. It's not. Logically, it's not. Principally, it's not. Potentially, it's not. It's just not. In any sort of way you try to measure it, it's not. But even if it did, what right does the government have to tell me how best to handle a situation that affects me? Right, 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 what, what, what right does the government have to tell me how to handle my property in a time where my property is at the greatest, greatest risk ever? What right? It doesn't. These are things that I, as a rational individual, need to make. These are things that I, as a rational individual, need to make. And so if someone does not want to shut their business down upon government, they thought they shouldn't have to. Just don't go there. The best way you can handle this, if you really think someone's business is infected or whatever, just don't go to their business. Self-quarantine, you know. Do that. Uh, do these stupid memes people are doing these days when they self-quarantine. Go listen to a Spotify's playlist about self-quarantine. Do something do something that, like, like, like that. Do something that, 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 is, that, is, that, that you don't have to have any sort of interaction with them. Don't, don't get in the, the business of thuggery and gangsterism and, 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 and autoc- autocracy and, and despotism and, 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 and statism and all that kind of stuff and try to seize their ability to live their own life. Now, the primary objection... That will be raised to this will be well. It's not just their life; it's also my life. Yes, it is your life, indeed. Yes, which is why you can say we're from them. We are we are connected, my friends. We have a spiritual connection and a physical connection that is manifest in the form of the brotherhood of man and woman. Cooperation. The philosophers of political antiquity tried to describe this as a social contract or. What have you? Although I think the social contract is nonsense. I, I think the contract is yes, something you have to sign. I never signed the social contract, but I do think we have a social spirituality in America, at least, that connects us.
It's not a shared heritage. It's not anything like that. It is simply simple recognition of our ability to do great by being free. That's all it is. We have that brotherhood in common, my brothers. We have that brotherhood in common. And so that's our connection. Physically, you can section yourself off from people still. You can still pull a Henry David Thoreau if you would so please. You don't have to go in the presence of someone who is being reckless or who you think is being reckless. And certainly with that fact being obvious, you shouldn't you shouldn't you certainly shouldn't demand that they these people sort of follow your way of doing things when it's your life that's at, that's at stake. Personal responsibility is the is the solution to this coronavirus thing. The solution to the to, to the pandemonium that has ensued. It's gonna be a solution to the to the shortages, it's gonna be a solution to the sort of ill-conceived uh, demonic ideas on how you handle this by seizing people's property and using it's going to be it's going to be personal responsibility is going to be the, the fix of how we respond to this it may seem like I'm rambling but really I'm, I'm trying to give you some truth because I don't look listen I don't even there's you can't script this stuff down you can't write this stuff down in the script and just read it off no because this is a serious issue people it's a serious issue it's an issue that is affecting all sorts of people for uh, in all sorts of ways. It is getting people panic attacks, making people depressed. It is attacking people in every single way, shape, and form. This is a serious issue, and we have to address it in that fashion. That's why there's urgency in my voice. That's why I'm being passionate about this. That's why, that's why I'm serious about this. It's a serious issue. But it's not so serious. And nothing is ever so serious that you need to sacrifice your ability to handle it. That's the antithesis of how you handle a serious, serious issue. And so there's talks of unemployment, unemployment benefits being given out to people. Uh, companies with below 500 workers are going to be are going to be, I believe something's going to happen with them. They're going to be subsidized, something like that. Although corporations obviously will not be, so the question is, Mnuchin, who are you? Who are you paying? Uh, who are you? Who are you playing? Uh, duck and run with. That's a big question for me. I don't know, but it seems like the closer you get to the government, the, and the more power you have to do things to levy power across the political spectrum and social, the social spectrum as well, which is a consideration that we'll have for another episode. But I simply wanted to sound the alarm. On and declare war on the panic that so many people are feeling, that so many people are having towards this issue. I simply wanted to bind that with reason, bind it with assuredness, bind it, right? Because the ancient texts say that which you bound on this earth is going to be bound in the spiritual realms, right? We bound Nazism in World War II, we bound it by confronting it, and then Physically, we bound it in heaven by confronting it. Then physically on earth, bound it by arresting the nexus of Nazism with the American Allied forces when they marched into Berlin in, 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 in 45. And so we can bind this coronavirus by binding the fear that we're feeling around this coronavirus. And then, 
addressing the medical issues, operating with a clear head, operating without the stress and the pressures of people losing their job, with people losing their lives, operating with just the, just the virus itself as the consideration. The question is, are you going to join that, that, that divine tradition that so many American leaders and so many world leaders that have fought for liberty have used for years to bind things? Or are you going to run towards paternalism and autocracy to handle issues that are not too far removed from your life and that you have the keys and the power to handle in your space, at your house, right now? That's the question I leave you all with, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pins Politics, Mr. Watson. Hopefully, we will not... Po- I don't want to focus too much this show's time on this, on this virus, but it, it, it consumes the presses. It remains a hot topic issue, and for and as for as long as it remains an issue, I'll be talking about it. So, thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, goodbye, America.